0: All right. Welcome to our our first live. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafe Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. You are listening to Truth Time with Pastor Monty.
1: Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. But you have. One answers you can't handle the truth the problem is having the right worldview and acting upon it the worldview that gives men and women the truth of what is
0: Welcome to Truth Time with Pastor Monty, a show about God's truth in today's society from a multi-generational pastoral perspective. The Truth Time with Pastor Monty broadcast is a part of Aletheia Bible Fellowship's Project Vigilance, a web portal that provides internet Christians out there with helpful content and insights. We're produced by ABF's Vigilance Radio Network. If you're interested in this ministry or our other shows, you can check us out at abfpdx.org where you can access more resources. donate and learn more about us at the top of the show today let's remember to help us spread this content by liking sharing and subscribing to this episode and if you haven't yet go ahead and join our facebook group where you can stay up to date on this and all our programming you can find it at vrn.abf on facebook now that all that's said i'm pastor josh your engineer and senior pastor over at abf and this is pastor monty
1: This is Truth Time, and I'm Pastor Monty, and we are back for another season. And uh, sitting across from me is Pastor Josh. Hello. And uh, what we do uh, uh, in Truth Time is we um, talk about the Christian walk and what it means to be a disciple of Christ and uh, banter a little bit about how it is that we should be living that we might glorify Christ. And um, we are going to have... And we're going to change up a couple things for the season so that we're going to yeah. have...
0: there's a lot of bugs that we're, we're still working out. We're in a new studio. We're in a
1: new studio, which is exciting. And uh, we're going to limit... Uh, we've got we've got three sections. So if you uh, are familiar with True Time, you know that normally we have like four sections. We've uh, pared it down so we have uh, three sections, two sections of, uh, of discussion and uh, looking at scripture so we still have the Christ factor and then i'm not sure what we're going to call the second session because that that what we're going to be exploring over the next uh, several months is uh, the issue of relationship and uh, so i'm not sure, i'm not um, yeah I, I have to work out a title for that i'm not sure what that'll be but and then of course uh, the ever popular what's up with that The ever popular. (laughs) Well, uh, I don't know how popular it is, but I think it's fun. And we need to have a little humor in life uh, to get on with things. So um, let's start out and let's deal with, uh, to begin with, The Christ Factor. That
0: was
1: a very short opening. A very short opening (laughs) and uh, the most important part. Of that song uh, did not play well as well, Oh, okay. <laughs> hey,
0: as long as you keep it under six seconds, it's fair use. I hear, by grace.
1: ah, yes, saved by grace. Love the Gator vocal band,
0: yes, uh, not really, but
1: um, okay. So, we left off. Uh, for those of you that are uh, diligent, um, if if we were if we had an audience, I'd take a show of hands. Probably nobody would raise them, so I'm just <laughs> going to just going to assume that nobody went back and looked at the last episode uh, for th- for the season last year.
0: I mean, like those of us who work here, dude. You know, to check things out. Oh, yes. did you? Of course, uh, we have to do our homework on getting it right, which apparently we're kind of failing at at the moment. Producer Jasmine behind the <laughs> <laughs> behind the board. Anyway. OK,
1: well, uh, for for
0: for for, the- for those. OK, so for those of you who don't know, we are. Uh, wow. OK, we're in a new studio, like I said, and typically it's been in my office. And so we're all kind of live with each other. But now we're actually separated from each other. And so, Producer Jasmine is not in the office with us, and she can't actually talk to us, and she's having all sorts of issues right now. Uh, so,
1: yeah. We're, we're going to recommend that uh, Producer Jasmine uh, take an uh, abbreviated course in sign language. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So, we, we were in chapter, we were in 1 Thessalonians, and um, we didn't get to 2 Thessalonians, we were close but not quite. And so uh, we were in Chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. And what I wanted to do uh, to lay foundation and just to p- progress of through then um, our discussion is to pick up at the beginning of Chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians and look at the admonition that uh, the Apostle Paul is giving the church at, at Thessalonica. The church at Thessalonica was... was uh, having some brief issues they needed to be encouraged uh, and uh, be aware of some of the things there were some false teachers that were trying to get in and uh, they were having to deal with some of these things and so the apostle paul is trying to dress address some of those issues so we want to pick up uh, pick it up uh, just at the beginning of chapter 5 and then uh, go back and and uh, address some of these things so there's um, there's a uh, um, a section here, and it goes all the way from chapter five, verse one through eleven. And one of the things we need in the studio is a uh, light over me so I can see. Um,
0: <laughs> can you turn up the light for a second? The cans—it's going to make a noise, but Pastor Monty needs it apparently. No, let's let's turn up the actual cans above.
1: Oh. There we go. Praise the Lord.
0: I don't really hear the noise in the background.
1: Well, no, I didn't hear anything either. And, you know, if we could just go back, I could have just said, let there be light. Okay. And like This isn't Genesis. It's not Genesis. Okay. This is Thessalonians, not Genesis. Okay. So let's read from God's word. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, um, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, uh, as it comes, is a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction comes upon them as labor pains uh, upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. For you... Uh, are all of the sons of light and the sons of day, and we are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and let us be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are sober of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of hope and salvation, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to attain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, of whom died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we shall live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify each other, just as you also are doing." So this is a, uh, a powerful admonition to the, the church there at, uh, at Thessalonica. I think it's also a powerful admonition to uh, the church today. I think that there are, there are many people that are um, lulled into a sleep and are not being um you know the uh, ABS spent a whole um ABS spent a whole ABF
0: yeah okay
1: yeah the church
0: I just, it's that's god
1: ABF the 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 church Aletheia Bible, Bible Fellowship Aletheia Bible Fellowship spent a whole year uh talking about the importance of understanding our responsibility to be vigilant vigilant yes vigilant and 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 to to be to be a village yeah yeah. (laughs) and to be uh, you know to be sober-minded to be um, aware of what was going on and to uh, and to not be uh, lulled into a kind of sleep
0: yeah actually not only did we spend a whole year but we're spending the next four years on top so we're spending five years Last year, we just dealt with the idea that being vigilant required sacrifice. This year, we're dealing with the idea that being vigilant requires discernment. Um, and if you want to check those out, they are on the ABF PDX page on both Facebook and YouTube as our uh, weekly sermon series.
1: So. Right, and and so and that's important because because that falls in line with what this passage is saying that you know those that are of the darkness um they're they're consumed with with uh, doing the things of darkness in the dark and not even aware of uh some of the things that are, are happening around them. you you maybe heard the uh that illustration, you know, of the uh the frog yep. that gets uh that gets cooked in the uh, in the boiling water, uh, if you just... The slow boil. If, if, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you throw a frog into hot water, what it's going to do is it's going to jump out. But if you put a frog into cool water and let the pan slowly heat up till it boils, the uh, frog will cook in its own juices, not even aware that it is being cooked. And, and there are many... Uh, who have uh, allowed themselves to be lulled to sleep and are not aware of what is going on around them, um, and we live in a day to day where we see that happening more and more on so many fronts. Uh, not o- not only on the uh, not only on the just the, the normal everyday you know front of people dealing with everyday life, but even bigger uh, there are um, large spiritual issues which are, are, are upon us. Um, we have a large population of people that believe that it's okay to mix or to synchronize different religious faiths into kind of a hodgepodge of, uh, of beliefs. So there are many Christian uh, people out there who claim to be Christians who think that it's perfectly okay to do uh, Christian yoga for example, we have, uh, or to involve yourselves in in the Eastern meditation practices, uh, simply substituting, you know, Christian words for for uh, you know Eastern mantras. Um, we have uh, we have believers that think it's okay for them to act and live out in a in a lascivious manner how it is that they live. We have uh, we have people in the church that think it's okay now to be um, you know to uh, to be involved in all kinds of uh, sexual activity, which uh, cause problems with divorce and and all kinds of things. So we have people that in the church that sanction and believe that it's okay for uh, members uh, of the homosexual community to uh, be in, in uh, positions of uh, authority in the clergy and to, and, and, to uh, and to promote the idea that God is just love and that uh, our sexuality and sexual contact doesn't matter. We have a lot of things going on and um, in, in the church, the body of Christ, those that are disciples of Christ, we are to be sober-minded. We are not to do the things of, uh, of darkness. We are to be sober-minded. And what is it that we're supposed to allow us to guide us on these on these uh, things that I've been discussing? Scripture. Scripture is our guide for uh, who we are as individuals, uh, who God created us to be. Scripture is... Is our guide for how we interact with the world around us. Scripture is our guide for how it is that we see uh, these things happening in society and how we are to respond to it. Not the you know, not uh, not the popular worldview, not uh, cultural standards, not uh, your favorite commentator. If that commentator is not biblical. Don't listen to them um, well, even
0: if they are, even if they are what you should be listening to is scripture, they should be um at best a launch point for your study
1: well and and but but even yes, I agree with you, and and even in that, you know that brings up another thing that there are many
0: including us for the record, not that we're anybody's favorite
1: well no but but there are there are many people who claim to have some relationship with Christ who uh do not participate in a local body. Yep. They, th- you know, with the, with media and with all the things that are available today with, uh, all of this, uh, streaming stuff. Um, you know,
0: he says from the new streaming studio, at ABF,
1: <laughs> there's lots of people out there that, uh, they never allow themselves to darken the, uh, the door of an actual local church body where they can be matured, and where they can use the gifts that God has given them. We're talking about spiritual gifts now. The spiritual gifts that God has equipped them with so that they might participate in the body. We have lots of believers out there that think it's okay to view their relationship with Christ as uh, as an insurance policy
0: yeah so going back to to the text it says in verse eight but let us who live in the light be clear-headed protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation and i think where verse eight is particularly relevant to what pastor monty's talking about is specifically um all of these things are i mean we have there's a huge culmination of all these things right now it's just taking the, the view of like social justice warriors right um, But really, there is we've we've turned our sense of identity into politics, and so everybody is vying for identity. That's what everybody's vying for is you know they want to claim their identity in one field or another, whether it's their color, whether I mean the color of their skin, uh, whether it's their position in wealth, whether it's their sexual identity, um, whether it's their gender and the identity that comes with that, and so on and so forth. All of those are vying for space. But as Christians where it's talking about being clear and sober minded it's saying that what we need to do is Be protected by the armor of faith and love wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation in other words, the thing that protects us is our faith in Christ and the confidence of our salvation uh, Worked out in love. So the identity the the only identity that we should be seeking is Jesus and yes, it needs to be worked out in love, but it is meant to protect us from clear attacks, and that's what being clear-headed is about here.
1: Yes, no, I agree, and and you particularly see this, for example, um, well, an extension of course, this whole identity battle that is going on in our culture right now is, for example, cancel culture,
0: mm-hmm. where you
1: have people that are trying to cancel people out because they identify them as one of these things. Whether it be color, or culture, or or gender, or whatever it be, you know they see their identity tied to that one thing, and they're trying to cancel individuals out using that. As a believer, um, you know we 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 can't be canceled out because who is it that we are? Who is it that is our identity? Which is what Josh is alluding to. What Scripture is very clear is that our identity is that we are disciples of Christ. We are who we are because God made us that way. And we need to be careful that we don't adhere to uh, the changes, the massive changes that are taking place in our culture which ascribe to these uh, uh, false identities and false uh, representations as to who we are as members of the body of Christ. I I grant you it's a real challenge.
0: Yeah, it's that... Again, in verse 8, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed. There's a there's a a responsibility to not just treat information as neutral, right? Um, the information that God gives us through the scripture, through revelation, is specifically so that we can live our lives in a certain way. And there's a call to that. And I think what a lot of Christians don't understand is that Living in a certain way means that you actually have to live in a certain way. It cannot just be one of the things that God wants us to do. Like, for instance, uh, love, right? Like, we are to love each other, and we are we are to spread God's love, quote-unquote. But that looks a certain way. Like, Christ says, for instance, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. How can he say that if Love has no commandments attached to it, exactly. so this is where it's calling us to be clear headed. The idea is is that um man's tendency is not to be clear headed. Uh, and that's where we we look at you know Romans one and it talks about how people because they refuse to worship God as God, in other words, it's not. It's not that they don't worship God. It's that they refuse to worship him as he wants to be worshipped, right? So they fall into the error of Cain, where Cain brings a sacrifice to God, but he doesn't bring him what he wants. It's unacceptable. So they refuse to worship God as God, and because they refuse to worship him as God, you, you go down the line in Romans 1, and you see that their minds become dark and cloudy and confused and thinking themselves to be wise. They become utter fools is what the scripture says. So in contrast to that spoken from the words of the same guy who wrote that passage um, From the same mouth that wrote that passage in contrast to that we as Christians are to live as Clear-headed, right? We are to worship God as God in in contrast to having the minds of um, Darkness and a lot of Christians have no problem living in darkness
1: Which is which is sad? Which is sad because, as as he ends his statement in verse eight, where where Josh has been, you know, uh, giving light to that, um, he says, uh, "For God has not appointed to us wrath." So he's drawing a clear contrast. What he's saying is, is that you know the those who live in darkness, they there, they have no hope. Of salvation, they have no hope of being able to overcome these things. Right, but as as disciples of Christ, you are not to be associated with them because you have the hope of salvation. You can look forward to uh, to a life in Christ. Uh, resurrected uh, into a new spiritual body and to and to live uh, through eternity in uh, fellowship with uh, your creator God and these people who live in the darkness they have no hope of that and there's a whole thing going through the uh, the the this generation where they just uh, outright say there is no hope
0: well yeah and I think if you go back to first Thessalonians 4. Um, verse one really sums it up. We urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus, to live in a way that pleases God, right? And that's sort of the that's sort of like the summary statement, the thesis statement of Paul's argument here at the latter half of first Thessalonians is you can't live to please yourself. and I think that what we're seeing in this generation is that the 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 solid prime value of being a Christian. Uh, you know, according to this generation, is to let yourself to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that is not, not what true. And yeah. Paul calls that a dark mind. Yes, and we're not to do that. And he goes so far as to say that the way to protect yourself against that is to call back upon salvation to call to put on this armor that will guard you in that process. So there's a real call to that.
1: And yes, and 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 so. And that's because our association is not to be with the world. Really the contrast that is here is to say our association as disciples of Christ is not to is not to associate with that, but associate with those who are of the living who are not going to go through this wrath because of the work of Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. And our association is to be with God, and that's what we should gravitate towards. Uh, and so uh, we're going to uh, end this section uh, and pick up next week, talking more about uh, what the Apostle Paul says in Chapter Five as we close out um, Chapter Five of, the, uh, of uh, First Thessalonians. Cool. Let's uh, let's move on to our our uh, our next section. Our next section here um, again. I'm not sure what uh, I'll have to think of a name for it. Um,
0: Producer Jasmine, you're really on it today. <laughs> she just gives me a big thumbs up.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, we, might, we And then it ends the music too soon. <laughs> All right, whatever. We might
1: call it something like uh, "Matters of the Heart." Matters or, of the heart. Or, hey, that's not bad. Or something like that. But but here's the emphasis, and we'll talk today. What we'll do? We can
0: play Don Henley. Uh, uh, sure.
1: The heart sure. of
0: the matter. The heart of the matter. Yeah. It's a great song. They don't yeah. make music like that anymore.
1: Um what we could what we do today is we'll uh, lay some foundation okay and talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to be talking about in this section because I think it's it's really really important um so 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 here's the deal i've i've come to f- <laughs> i've come to figure out in my old age i'm you know 70 65 plus now
0: <laughs> and my jokes are like getting truer as time goes. As closer. time goes on, yeah, you're, you're matching up with my jokes about your age. Yeah, you're getting closer. And I turned forty
1: this year. I know, I know. Your mother and I were talking about that the other day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and, and so I've come to find out. Well, there are a couple things. You know, one of the one of the things that the the Lord blessed me with um, with my children is is that uh, you can learn uh, from your children. And I had never, I had never thought about um, the concept of legacy Mm -hmm. before. And we were doing a preaching series, and it was, Josh was preaching on Genesis, and Josh began to talk, to preach about this, this concept of uh, legacy, and I, and, you know, I I had been preaching for I don't know ten years or more, and it, probably yeah. and you know that that struck me and I said whoa, because I never I was not brought up, uh, in, there was I'm, no
0: legacy it, in your family it wasn't modeled to you yeah
1: I I was not brought up with an understanding of legacy and, and
0: quite frankly I'll just I'll speak from my own experience here in working with other churches there's not a lot of churches who think about legacy either.
1: I can see that. I can see that. That's yeah. the problem. Uh, but uh, another area. So, so that was an area that was lacking, and something that we uh, that we need to pay attention to. But we're not going to talk about legacy in this section. We're going to talk about relationship. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's just make the okay. Whatever. Yeah. It's very non sequitur.
1: Yeah. 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 There you go. And uh, you know, the, well, I I put it in that fashion because because this is also an area where, um, as individuals, I will say, as a species, we are um, we're very lacking in. We're lackadaisical towards relationships. It's a good word. Um, we don't. Uh, we need like a ding yeah. when <laughs> like to score points for. <laughs> we, we don't understand as and i'm saying as a species my observation is over my my somewhat long life uh that the lord has blessed me with that we're very casual about this this concept of relationship and yet and yet um god created us to be relational
0: yeah it's part of it's we're casual about something that is so inherent and seminal in our nature as human beings.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and not just, when you, when you think of, when you think of relation, when, when the normal person thinks of relationship, their thought automatically turns to a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Sure. Or a spouse, or, you know, something of that nature. But we have relationship with a lot of things. Or children. Yeah, or show, Yes, yeah, and we'll talk about that. But but we have relationship with a lot of different things. hmm As you just alluded to. We we do have relationship with all those things. But we have relationship, like you said, with uh, with our children. We we have relationship with in laws. We have relationship with the people that we work with.
0: The big one that nobody I think well, there's a huge push, especially in the Portland area, but uh, that people don't think about—that's also seminal to our experience in regard to relationship—is food.
1: Yes, there's people a huge have experience
0: with food, a oh, relationship with food.
1: Portland is a foodie town,
0: and and how you treat food and like how you interact with it—it's a—it's a huge thing. My wife is a nutritionist now, so I am constantly being told about this.
1: Yeah, I'll bet you, I'll bet you are. <laughs> And, in, a,
0: in a good way, Michela and, and it's a I, good way
1: and I pray for you, Josh. In
0: fact one day we can have actually in fact one day we can have Michela do a podcast uh, talking about the biblical relationship with food. Yeah okay that'd be really interesting.
1: Well you know what I mean we're gonna have a section where we're going to talk about uh, those outlying relationships. Sure. That and so that would be a section that uh, Michelle, if you want to participate with Josh and I, maybe she can get her feet wet. Yeah, yeah, you can you can come in and and we'll uh, we'll do a, a three way and and talk about uh, the uh, that aspect. That of might it. have been a poor choice of words, but uh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> we 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 keep it within a. Uh, remember, this is a a podcast which glorifies the Lord. Yes, yes, it so does. we keep it within that context. A God glorifying that, way. That's Got exact, it. Yes, so so uh, um, but yeah, people have relationships with their animals. Yes, I clearly have a relationship with my with my uh, my baby boy Alika. People mostly have inappropriate relationships with their animals, where they
0: treat them like humans thus denying the animalness of the animal.
1: Uh, some people do that. Most yeah, <laughs> most I, people do. I have a You bi- ever
0: watch Shark Tank?
1: I have a biblical relationship with my with Do you, do you my, ever
0: Do you ever watch Shark Tank?
1: Shark Tank. Yeah.
0: Whenever they have an uh, animal um, product come on Shark Tank and they're like pitching animal products, it's like they start rattling off like the industry for for animal oh yeah oh yeah it's like yeah, yeah. the thing that all the sharks will say is that people will buy anything for their pets
1: it's amazing yeah it really is yeah it's amazing some of the things that are out there and the pet doesn't care no you know
0: although the last thing I saw was like a coronavirus pitch about, uh, about like a mask pets. like a, a, dog ma- <laughs> a dog mask a dog mask I don't remember if they got a deal producer Jasmine do you remember if they got a deal she doesn't remember yeah. wow. all right well anyway wow. but yeah, yeah they there's so, some pretty interesting things
1: so we have all kinds of relationships wait there. wait, hold
0: on. i gotta say i do remember thinking that it made sense they were talking about animals that do uh like dealing with smoke and things like that oh yeah because we you know but they don't have things like that anyway go on sorry
1: yeah. So, so people do have relationship with animals. People have relationships with their employers. People mm-hmm. have all kinds of relationships. Now, remember, the foundation for understanding this is that, um, basically speaking, my observation is is that we are very casual about the dynamics of these relationships, and yet, and yet, they dominate. Literally, they dominate our world. In fact, you you cannot turn on uh, the television and watch sitcoms. Uh, That's what
0: the say. It's what sitcoms are about. That's what they're about. It's about yeah. the
1: dysfunctional aspects of relationships. Um, so, but from a scriptural standpoint, um, as believers, we have a responsibility to understand the dynamics of what relationships are about. And, and and approach relationships from a biblical fashion by having a, a, a spiritual uh, undergirding as our foundation for how we approach these things. And we need to start in my in my opinion, we need to start being less casual about how we approach uh, the relationships that we have. So what yeah, absolutely. What, so what we're going to try to do during this uh, next several months, is we're going to explore the idea of uh, what a biblical relationship is supposed to look like, uh, based upon um, based upon understanding uh, how how we get there. Uh, I'll give you a hint: we were we, we were created to have relationship, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we we were created um, in the image of God, a relational a relational being. being. Yep. So. So, uh, you know, to have an understanding of that and then to take it for and, and then to look in Scripture and understand the dynamics that are present uh, and the guidance that we do have from Scripture about uh, understanding the dynamics of relationship. For example, uh, the concept of uh, submission.
0: But we're not going to spend too much time on the marriage relationship. No, right? no, no. We're gonna, we spent a lot of time well, on that We spent a lot of season. time there.
1: Um, but uh, but the concept of submission, mm-hmm. the concept of forgiveness, the concept of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going to talk about uh, some of those things uh, from a biblical perspective and understanding in the body of Christ, since we're new creations in Christ, and our emphasis is not going to be to glorify him through how it is that we live, um, we're going to look at then uh, the guidance that we have from Scripture about... Uh, about how to then begin to approach uh these issues, and then we can start uh taking and all i will systematically drop a list to go off of but but then begin to explore each one of these uh, aspects that are present in uh, in our lives in regard to relationship so uh, we've already talked about some of those things already you know your 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 spouse your children your work your you know um Inanimate things like, you know, food, for example. Um, yep. uh, communication techniques.
0: I mean, some food. Is yeah, some food.
1: Yeah, there are some food. I, I like meat. That's I refuse to have a relationship with some types of food. Kale? Kale, yeah. <laughs> I actually like kale if it's done a certain way. <laughs> well, if you go to Olive... Well, it's hard to go there now, but when you go to Olive Garden... They don't do takeout? They have their... I'm sure they do, but I'm not doing takeout. Um, oh, okay. When they when they they have that soup?
0: Oh yeah. The the zuppa test Yeah, 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 yeah. The that sausage has, and potato soup.
1: That has kale in it?
0: Oh, I suppose it does. And
1: I'll eat I'll eat that.
0: Okay. Well, there you go.
1: Yeah, I'm now uh I'm now taking uh some uh some vitamins that are, you know.
0: Really? What do you take?
1: I take lots of different vitamins, but but one of them is uh, Balance of Nature.
0: Isn't that a brand?
1: No, it's a it's, it, it. Yes, it is a brand, but it's but it's basically a specific type of vitamin that's formulated using all of the essential greens and. Oh, it's and like the, one of
0: those old person vitamins.
1: No, it's for young people too. <laughs> like, like because the, you get all what of What is it? Your, like
0: you take the oh, man. And what my is point it? is, it has <laughs> the one a day vitamin or it, whatever. It has kale. Oh, it has kale it in, has it. Has okay. kale in is it. that a, well. a vitamin or is that a supplement?
1: What's well, a? Su- it's not a vitamin. It's a supplement. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a supplement. It's a supplement of uh, um, fresh fruits and vegetables that have been uh, condensed down. Sounds like we definitely need to
0: have Michela on for one of, one yes. of these segments. Yes. I'm gonna start. She's. I'm sure if she ever watches this episode, she's gonna start shaking her head. <laughs> That's she's gonna be like, like yeah. She's gonna be bothered by us talking about these things. Like we know what we're talking about.
1: Well, I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. But not like any, this, not like a certified nutritionist. Remember, does. this is truth time with Esther.
0: Yes. Of course.
1: Okay. So. So so uh, we're going to be talking about um, some of that. And then so the purpose of that is to help people to begin to see that uh, that we need to take relationships seriously. And in, in honesty, as I've said before, you know, I'm an old man now. And uh, when I was younger, I didn't understand any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I clearly came out of a dysfunctional family where they they certainly didn't understand any of this stuff, sure, you know, so it's only um after living a um a long life uh with my wife who is uh, very relational in learning from scripture in learning from you know you as well and listening to some of your messages he, he
0: so you can't you can't see on the camera, but he's actually pointing at me when he says he says that it's it's locked in film now, so
1: yeah no yes because as I stated <laughs> earlier you know um, I I have I have learned things as I've grown older uh, and uh, I'm not afraid to say that uh, when I was younger uh, I didn't know everything.
0: I think it's the great secret. I it's the great secret of the adults the sort of the the Eloi to the Morlock if you will that's a H.G. Wells reference. Um, it's it's a great secret of the adults that the adults know everything, um, or sorry that they don't know anything. Well, we, <laughs> go they're, through, we they're going through it for the first time. Yeah, as we well. go
1: through periods of life. We go through yeah. periods of life. For example, you know, teenagers they know everything. <laughs> well, and, see that's in then, their immaturity. Then they then think they,
0: they <laughs> in their
1: immaturity they think they know everything. And, and then as and, and then as they graduate into young adults and into adulthood. They begin to realize they don't know everything.
0: Yeah, but I think that that comes from speaking about relationships. I think that comes from a uh, like a bad discipleship model.
1: Oh yeah, well, there's lots of reasons why.
0: Um, I mean, as to why teenagers act that way, because a, a teenager who you know has a good discipleship model, like for instance, with uh, an old like a like a geriatric person, um, like a grandpa or a grandma or something like that. Where the grandma or grandpa is like sharing with them the old lessons, right? Like, and they and they they give them that, which we don't really find in our society because we don't really mix generations anymore. Not a lot, but um, but I think when you have that sort of relationship that's happening, then you've got teenagers who understand the world is bigger, and they don't and they don't have that arrogance. Um, but then again, like teenagers is also like a Weird social class that didn't exist, you know, yeah back. It's very anachronistic.
1: Yeah, back in the day But I I remember clearly when uh, when your brother I was helping your brother with something and he didn't he didn't know How to do something and you know this is when he was in his late teens He didn't know how to do something and he admitted to me. I don't know how to do this He was you know uh, asking me for help in in resolving it and I couldn't resist myself and looked at him and said, "I, I thought you knew everything." <laughs> so he says, "No, Dad. I'm beginning to realize I, I don't." I said, "Well, praise the Lord. There's progress there." There you go. <laughs> but but as you get older, as you get older, now in this, you know. So th- and one day maybe we'll talk about the phases that people go through in life, um, which are interesting. But but um, as you get older, you begin to realize that you know you you know a lot and uh but there's a lot of stuff that you just don't know.
0: So th- that's a really interesting point. I don't know if the discussion belongs here, but I'll just say that my experience with teenagers um is that there's a growing acceptance of a void of knowledge, not not the other way around. I think that when you're talking and I, and I've experienced what you're talking about as a Gen Xer, like I'm on the, you know, back end of that. Um where there's this idea that there is this real arrogance to the to teenagers in regard to knowledge but i think because there's been such a social push um and such an unleashing of technology what we're finding in young people my my personal anecdotal experience right is that they don't believe in any knowledge like they're starting to say that that not only do i not know everything but that you don't know anything and that we don't know anything and that you can't know anything. And that's causing like a great um, like systemic despair within young people that I think is like unprecedented.
1: I think that you're right. I think that, that also though, Josh, that it's, it's a part of the, it's a part of reverting. So um, Josh and I've had this discussion before. It's somewhere in the archives, but where we're talking about the fact that basically our, our society is, has evolved philosophically through uh, this pattern, where we now we've ended up where predominantly we're a narcissistic society. Mm-hmm. And, but but part of that pattern was that truth um, is not uh, truth is not fi- is able to be found. Yeah, and the, and subjective. The, yeah, and there is no solid truth. Truth is subjective. It's what you want to make it. And so people are beginning to... Um, so the people that are, are narcissists um, are really without hope and they begin to be jaded on um, anybody that presents that there's any truth at all. Right. And, and I got to be honest with you that that um, particularly during this period that we're going through right now culturally, um, it's very difficult because the the... The concept of truth uh, is, uh, is bantered around uh, by those out there in society right now uh, that are trying to shape society in particular ways, in such a way that it, 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 it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Because they say something is true, and then you find out subsequently that they're lying. Um, you know, they they say that uh, something is going to be a particular way. Well, uh, for example, the uh, concepts uh, behind, uh, you know, right now, the doctors are saying, you know, in regard to the the, uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic that you know, we're going to follow the science. Well, the difficulty is is that, you know, science, as we understand it, is is uh, relative to Aristotelian philosophy.
0: Well, it changes. That's I mean, that's yeah, the only yeah. And it. so
1: you can't know in in Aristotelian philosophy, you can't know what is true until it's been tested. And so because of that, the mark of what is true or not true is continually moving. Yeah. And, and so it's, and, and there's a...
0: And it's uh, it's easily, I mean, that sounds untrue. Like on the surface of it, it's like science. Science is, you know, standard. It's fact. It's, you know, whatever. But it's easily demonstrable. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, the world, people used to think it was flat. Now we know that it's not. Well, yes. most of us know it's not. And, you know, uh, a couple months ago, we used to think that wearing a mask worked. And now they're like, oh, you should be wearing two masks. And you're actually like evacuating things out of the... Out the back of the mask, and you know, like they're always changing. Science is right. always changing, right? It's like that's not to say there isn't truth for the record.
1: Well, no, there is truth, there, there, and definitely we understand there's truth, and we rely, rely upon uh scripture to understand what is true and what is not. And it's
0: not to say that science is bad, but no. we just need to understand that truth is not science. Oh,
1: we benefit greatly from science in so many ways. No, no. science
0: is incredibly Christian, honestly.
1: But that being said. Um you know, so if I were to tell you, if I were to tell you that if you were to fall off a 30 foot building, yeah um, and you hit the ground, that you would uh, you'd die um, because uh, the science says that the
0: science would tell you that you
1: would die. That's right, because of gravity, right? Because you kind of hard to argue. And yet, I watched a a, a piece the other day about uh, a, a man that uh, jumped out of an airplane uh, with uh, his instructor his first time his first time jumping yeah he jumped out of an airplane at 30,000 feet and his uh, chute got messed up sure and and both he and his instructor fell all the way down and hit the ground and they didn't die
0: because of something the instructor did on the way nope, down
1: nope no, they don't know.
0: Did they no explanation. did they walk away or were oh, there no, like no, massive injuries?
1: There were there were there were massive If injuries. I were
0: that instructor, I would want to find another profession, uh, another yeah. profession. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah,
1: that yeah, that that would be. That's just crazy. Yeah. So, but my point is that you would think the science says you're going to die. Because the, the flight... Well, yeah, the,
0: the probabilities... The, the flight
1: down might be exhilarating, <laughs> but it's that stop that is... The,
0: the probabilities, yeah. the, the science tells you about the probabilities, but even then there's things that we don't know, and uh, what is it, Shakespeare, greater things in heaven and earth. There are greater things imagined than in heaven and earth. I think that's Shakespeare.
1: I, I'm, I'm not a big... Okay, anyway. so the, the, the point is is that we're going to spend the next several months looking at the issue of relationship from a biblical perspective... Understanding how it affects our lives, and so I think this will be a fun a, a fun section. Let's close our time today with uh, with uh, the all favorite. Um, what's up with that? What's up with that? What's
0: up with nice. That?
1: Well, you know, talk. <laughs>
0: you did it, producer Jasmine. Good job. You got it.
1: So, so uh, you know, we we're talking about relationship. And the importance of relationship. There was a there was a man over in uh, in <laughs> in the UK mm-hmm. that injured himself. His uh, foot got injured, and uh, so every day he would well, while he was walk his dog. Of course, he was limping, and uh, he noticed that his dog had a limp, and so he took his dog to the vet. $400 later, the vet determined there was nothing wrong with his dog, but the dog was just feeling sympathy. F- sympathy for his master.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Now,
1: that's, that's relationship right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: that's heartwarming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that, that, that was kind of interesting to, to talk about.
0: Is it? But is it actually sympathy, or is it just he taught the dog how to walk? No, no,
1: then, no, no, no. The dog. like the dog
0: walks fine when he's with other people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the doctor, the doctor couldn't find anything wrong with him. He X-rayed him, you know. But again, four hundred dollars labor later. You know, anchor, well, not pounds. You know, four hundred. Yeah. yeah. But come to find out, is it that, worth it? It was just sympathy. Well, is it worth know, it to know? It's part of their relationship. You know. Yeah, but I mean, is it
0: worth it for four hundred dollars? I'm wondering if, like, being able to know the mind of the dog, would you pay four hundred dollars to know what was going on in the mind, or would you rather have not known and wish that there was actually something wrong?
1: Oh, you would never wish that something was wrong with your your baby. I well, mean, I mean, if you're
0: gonna, I mean. Obviously, it's, it has presentation problems, right? Yeah. It's like showing that it has a limp. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Uh, it, was, it was interesting.
0: Okay. I knew that was going to have an animal in it somewhere.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I always <laughs> try to, to uh, be helpful in uh, looking for opportunities for people, particularly in COVID, to be okay. able to make some money. Sure. And so uh, there's an advertisement on the internet. That uh, if you would like to uh, get paid uh, for testing out mattresses, that uh, there's uh, a firm which is uh, looking for a mattress tester uh, to sleep on several mattresses and you'll be paid three thousand dollars.
0: just to sleep. Yep, just do you, to you sleep. have to do anything on those mattresses like jump on them or no nope, no nope. just, or... just
1: just gotta sleep and you know write. Write about your experience. So are you going to do so this? So you'll be sleeping on several different mattresses. Um, the thing is, you have to, uh, the, the one stipulation is that you have to sleep alone. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so you have to be willing to sleep alone. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're interested, uh, it's on the Internet. And, uh, you know, write, uh, they're taking applications uh, online there.
0: Okay. All hey, right. I don't know if uh, producer Jasmine is trying to put any of these things into the feed, but, <laughs> but, but uh, typically that's what we've done that in the would past. Be a
1: good idea.
0: So look, look up three thousand dollars to sleep on a mattress. I don't know.
1: Okay. Now you guys, you guys are pretty savvy. So you sympathy may, dog walking. Yeah, yeah. So you may have heard of this next one, uh, but it, just for the, my listeners out there that. Uh, you you're not up on the news and all the stuff that's going on um you know i i have a program i don't know how you do it Josh but i have a program that i use to keep all to track of all my passwords i i hate when i when i worked uh you know in, in the corporate world my computer changed its password every 90 days oh sure and in theory you weren't allowed to uh, You weren't allowed to write it down. Well, people did. but Yeah. I had three different computer systems that I operated at one time. Yeah. So that means I had three set of passwords for a different... At the school. Sure. Where I'm teaching. Right. They, uh, they sent me a note that say, you know, your password is going to expire in seven days. Change it.
0: Right. <laughs> so with your passwords do you like so so I so use, you a use a program you don't have some sort of really low grade algorithm like changing one digit like every <laughs> every 6 months you know well
1: like i, I the, the, we stream this right i right yes yeah, it's yes, streaming it, I, yes uh, I can't put that information out on to the whole world. See, I like to
0: put that information out to everybody. That way, if I ever forget my password, <laughs> then other people can tell me what it was.
1: Well, see that, and that's, that's I'm only kind of joking. And that's part <laughs> of what we're going to be talking about because there was a guy that had uh, had uh, say uh, had accumulated two hundred and twenty million passwords dollars oh. in Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, and he could not is this the junkyard guy. He could not remember his password. This is the junkyard guy I right? can't remember the, what his job was but no, but he had 220 million in Bitcoin and it was it was it took him a while. It took him like 10 years or so to build the account up to that. yeah and he had written part of it down and then it got separate the whole thing got separated and they gave him like six different tries. To try to you know, and then he, if he couldn't, he just lost, he lost it. Yeah, he lost two hundred.
0: Guess it wasn't meant to be. Twenty million.
1: Well, and you know, in, in all fairness, that was kind of his attitude. He said, "Well, you know,
0: well, he, yeah, it wasn't in his hands. Easy come, easy go. I mean, right." You know.
1: But uh, so you know, my recommendation to y'all is that you know, if you've got a ton of passwords like i i I don't know i must have I must have forty or fifty different accounts that require passwords, sure, some of them significant mm-hmm. um even 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 uh, google's um deal that I use for this specifically for the church specifically yeah they they locked me out you know they locked me out of my account they say you know it's jack to unlock you again uh, no 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 you don't okay cuz I, <laughs> I wrote it <laughs> okay cuz cause, cause i wrote it down all right but but that being said you know like the other day we were at church oh we were coming to practice right so tiffany was working on stuff and oh yeah and and so i went in to get into google for abf and
0: tiffany is the intern for our intern
1: and it was like...
0: For the VRN. Yeah. And
1: it was it was like, uh, no, we're not letting you in. You have to unlock yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, so it's hard to remember all those passwords. So, um, I would not recommend writing things down. I would recommend using some type of a program or do what Josh does and, and use an algorithm that, you know, you're only going to change one or two digits.
0: I didn't say that's what i do. I just asked if that's what you do.
1: <laughs> oh, well, thanks for that clarification. I do not. I, I will not uh, tell people how I.
0: My password is always the same. It's password.
1: I know that you're, yeah. You, <laughs> you know how you have
0: like, it's admin and
1: then password.
0: That's what my password
1: is. Ma- it's always password. Many, many people are. And my username of, is admin. Many people are fond of one, two, three, four, five. Just go
0: out there and try it, guys. <laughs> Password and admin. Let's see if it works.
1: <laughs> okay. well That's that, what a lot of
0: router passwords are.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I know because they want to make it simple for yeah. people. You're supposed to go and change it, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I got for what's up with that. So our time is uh, pretty close to being up. Yeah. And so uh, I hope that people have enjoyed. And uh, Josh is going to give you that all in support and spiel. <laughs> sure. Yes.
0: If you are seeking uh, if you're seeking answers or you want to know more about your faith, Hey, uh, just for producer Jasmine's sake, this is where a nag screen is going to pop up at some. Okay. Just (laughs) if you, if you're someone who's seeking answers or you want to know more about your faith, if you're new to Jesus Christ or the Bible, we want to help you. So you can check out the help tab at abfpdx.org and you can remember, um, wow. And remember that we're always open to questions. Um, so yeah, the, the Truth Time with Pastor Monty podcast is a resource of Alathia Bible Fellowship of Portland, Oregon. It's a webcast on the VRN, the Vigilance Radio Network, a resource developed by Project Vigilance, which is ABF's web portal that provides helpful and interesting online resources for the church local and at large. If you want to be a part of that, we have all sorts of shows. Um, you can join the VRN Facebook page to get access to all of our shows, including Culture Insanity, which comes back this month. Um, we have kids shows uh, like the Bible with Pastor Adam. We have our weekly sermons. This week, we are doing the Nightlight Radio uh, broadcast, the, the first one for season four, which for Nightlight is actually season two. But <clears throat> anyway, we're doing Nightlight Radio, and we're doing something interesting uh, this week. We So if you tune in at 9.30 this week, uh, it is 9.30, right? Yes, 9.30. <laughs> Producer Jasmine's like looking at me like, yep. Um, okay, so 9.30 this week, uh, you can find it on Facebook and YouTube. We're going to be talking about the subject of self harm, mm. self harm from a, from a Christian perspective. So, um, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, so nightlight radio and, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things going on. And like I said, we have a new studio, so, you know, be looking out for that. Hopefully the sound is much better for you guys and the picture quality and the aesthetic and all of those things, Uh, but yeah, you can be involved in a lot of ways. If you've enjoyed Truth Time, consider supporting us. Our networking shows are free to you, but they are not free to us. Head over to abfpdx.org, click that donate tab. Even a dollar a month could be helpful for us. I mean, we just made this studio with our own money with no help, and um, if you're in it, you can tell. Um, (laughs) uh, If you're poor like us, That's all right. You can still partner with us by remembering to like, subscribe. And as my junior producer, Tiffany, just for her sake, I'm going to say smash that like button, which is really smash the bell um, because that's how you get notified of new programs. So uh, check, check the, or not check, uh, hit the notification bell so you can get notified of new programs. You can always find us on YouTube, um, you know, Facebook, all of those places. So um. Yeah. Remember that content is shared for Truth Time on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And we will see you soon. Jasmine, hit that disclaimer. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.